0: Here we go. Oh, there yep. we
1: go. Happy. Yep, another Thursday good night life. here. Australian knife making spectacular. The podcast, the pubcast, knife
0: making down under. How's
1: everyone going, guys?
0: Yeah, good yeah, as we're gold. All good. Good as gold. I wonder if, uh, good. if anyone's logging in. Yeah, here we go. We're starting to get some people tuning in. We're starting to get a few people in. So... We're just having a bit of a, a chat
1: backstage, as we say, before we went live. G'day, Sam. Um, and talking about how we're going to introduce our guest for the evening. And it's one of those things with the internet, with social media. We put up the post. We're interviewing a knife-making legend, lives in rural Australia, blah, blah, blah. And then there's the picture to the link that says Malhan dot, dot, dot. And people are putting up. Is it Unky Keith? Is it Pierre? <laughs> it's Mel Hannon. <laughs> Otis Knives. Here he is. Look at oh, the he pictures tricked, people. You tricked him with the legend bit. Yes, that's. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> we. It's like having that drum roll. Brrr, ding! Here's Mel. And
2: Aunt will be mouse. And for those, is those that pictures? Pictures? Oh, that's Mel. That keep teachers,
1: oh, For those of, of, uh, <laughs> listening listening to the podcast and not looking at the live podcast version um you'll probably find out later that corin is actually sitting next to mal and corin and mal where are you guys located apart from the living room don't give me that sort of a- shit answer <laughs>
2: Oh, not the kitchen. That's oh, the kitchen. Yeah. that's the kitchen. kitchen. Uh,
1: Deniliquin, New South Denilquan, New South Wales. There you go. Middle of freaking nowhere. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's actually Mal just gave me directions. He said, "Get to the middle of nowhere, turn left, and head out for thirty minutes." And that's yeah, pretty much where he is. Actually, or something like that. Anyway, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure. T- turn left at the middle of nowhere. And another half hour. Yeah. I'm pretty
3: sure just before the one
0: you get of our the, listeners, just
3: before you get to the inspection guy, right? <laughs> oh, just before you get to what? The border inspection. The border <laughs> inspection
0: guy. <laughs> yeah, the border inspection. We're not far from the border, actually. And we are coming in via satellite. So uh, the internet here is satellite only. So if it's a little bit uh, grainy or the audio is a little bit shite, you can blame Mate. Someone in space, <laughs> oh, now,
3: yeah,
0: yeah, it's not as bad as it was with coal, so no, 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 we've got 60 people on, so you can uh, you can kick it off for us there, Kev.
1: Yep, the so sky. for those that have just tuned in, welcome to the Knife Making Down Under podcast, pubcast, the Thursday night usual. We have Corin from Gamaco, we have Mert from Tansu Knives. And myself from Kevs Forge, uh, and we have our guest Mal Hannon from Otis Knives, um, and you, these guys, Mal and Corrin, are actually sitting in the same room together in the kitchen because all the party always happens in the kitchen. And I was just saying before, I think one of our listeners was who was at my house today is saying that was saying that he actually grew up in Dunleithwin. And that's oh,
2: Matt
1: there you Snape. There hmm. Who was that? Matt Snape.
2: You know him? Who? Matt Snape. There you go. Um, yeah, they used to have an automotive shop. His father did, I assume. Or his grandfather.
0: I'm sure, sure he's going to chime in. a big town. So yeah. I'm sure he'll be in. Yeah, he's on next week. We've lost Mert. But anyway, that's all right. Go. Have you lost him as well? Or is that just no, no, it's just the picture. Oh, no, there he is. He's, he's lost, lost his life. life. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he's, he's
1: looking as cute as ever. <laughs> 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 look at the look.
0: Of, I don't know whether they're F me eyes or they're F off eyes. <laughs> I of met you. You only really owned an automotive. Yes, that's, that was up. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You've been knowing. I have to automotive. Old Menara, doesn't it? Yeah, really. So we, there you we go. we still in the It's a small world, but the even smaller, apparently. <laughs> now yeah, Mal's yeah. Mal's been using the services of family for years. There you go. Very good. So,
1: um, Mal, did it take much coaxing from Corin to actually get you to agree to come onto our? Our podcast or was it just the fact that he was going to drive down and and force you to be on there that sealed the deal?
2: Yeah, yeah. Personally, right. in an interview, I thought it was
0: a big bit. bit of, yeah, yeah. I was impressed. Yeah, well, to be honest, I I didn't think it was that far back. I thought it was just a turn right at Canberra, but apparently it's uh, <laughs> yeah, like I said, turn left at the middle. Just of a way. little bit further. Another uh, thirty minutes. It... Isn't that Canberra? <laughs> yeah, something like so, Yeah, right. So, Seven hours. Seven hours. And that's without stops. That's all yeah, you don't stop, do you? That's good. So this would be
1: this would be Maui's Yeah. I was about to say this would be uh, second biggest highlight in we we we're gonna have a little bit of confusion here, guys, because we've got a slight delay, so we're gonna over talk each other. We'll probably get used to it or we won't. Um, but I was just about to say this must be Mao's second biggest highlight in knife making um, since he met me at one of the shows.
2: <laughs> Sitting next to you at the Adelaide Knife Show was an absolute thrill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. It changed you forever.
3: <laughs> yeah. Good or for bad? Well,
2: obviously good i'm still
3: here (laughs) that's it (laughs) i
1: have that effect on people i've I've sat next to a few people at knife shows which is probably why i choose to sit next to mert now Um, he's used to me but i've sat next to a few people on their first knife show experience (laughs) i think by the end of two days they've They've either really enjoyed it and want to come back or they're looking at never coming back to a night show again.
3: (laughs) They usually go see Andrew saying that I never want to sit right next (laughs) to that fucking (laughs) club. Yeah, I'll pay double not to sit next to Kev's Forge. (laughs) But when you and me be at the table right by side, there's like a little hour of fun, energy and bullshitting happening.
1: Yeah, generally on the second day when things get quieter, um, that's when the funny stuff starts at knife shows. When Mert and I sit next to each other, it it may be an insider trading thing when I book my tables directly with Andrew and say, "Just make sure I'm next to Mert, or I'm not coming."
0: <laughs> yeah, funny to, stuff. To to be uh, for those that don't know, Mel and Lee Hannon. Mel's been doing the show circuit in Australia for for twenty years. Um, speaking for you there, but when was your first show, Mel? Twenty years ago, so it would have been about 2000. 2000, so yeah, 20 years ago. 20 years ago, he's been doing night shows in Australia, and and what shows do you normally do now, so people can keep an eye out for you? Uh, Melbourne, Adelaide. I went to Perth last year, but there I haven't managed
2: to get to Sydney, Queensland. What was I was aiming for, but never got.
0: Obviously, thing. It... Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So COVID, COVID thing. thing yep. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, twenty years of doing knife shows, mainly Melbourne and uh, mainly Melbourne and Adelaide, and um, that's where you normally find Mel with his uh, his lovely wife Lee. Um, yeah, under the brand Otis Knives. Very good.
1: So, so Mel, you've been on the show tour. A... Stop at you 2 You've been on the show tour. A... You've been on the show tour a... to for twenty years. When did you first start making knives?
2: Uh, yeah, I've dabbled in knives for probably thirty or more. Um, just scruffing around. I I took a book out of the library when I was in secondary school, a tech school, and it was how to make custom knives by Black by the name of Boy. I still, have the, I still have the
0: book. Didn't return
1: it. When you say you took the book, I was hoping you <laughs> borrowed it temporarily, but obviously not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, they thought I was too. But, but yeah, I, I've still got it. No, I do read it occasionally. It's a it's a simplistic way of making knives, um, yeah, which yeah was good. So I sort of dabbled around with them. Um, Ever. It. Then, sure, I went to a guild show in 99 and they signed me up. I had a couple of knives there that I'd previously made. And um, a fellow by the name of Wayne Bennett was hugely helpful to me. He was good and um, guided me through a few of my first show and that sort of stuff, give me a few pros and cons as to who was good with money and who was to steer away from. It was good. <laughs>
1: That's invaluable advice, though, isn't it?
2: Well, it is. It's always handy to have an old fella there that would um, say, "Yeah, watch that bloke. Don't take a check from him, or he's good for their money." Oh, fuck. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> you heard it, yeah.
1: Smashing the smashing success of knife making oh, down on the podcast. That's Hello. That's
3: <laughs>
1: Did you beer mate?
3: No, I didn't realize that the cable was tied. Like, there was a cable that was tied in a fucking piece of steel. And I tried to kick the cable and then it just pulled the some shit down. And yeah, it, it, don't ask, man. Don't ask. It's whew, I kept it a professional though, right?
0: It's all right, yeah. mate. Yeah. You're doing I'm your best, here. mate. It's all good. <laughs> Yeah, we can't ask for any more than that. So, yeah, tell
1: us about it. I was going to say, you borrowed a book permanently that had to do with basic knife making, but anyone that's been to, I guess, one of the more recent shows, because we've got a lot of newer makers listening to the thing at the moment, would probably see that your knives are pretty much anything other than basic um describe i guess if you could describe to the listeners um the style of knives that you do and the other maybe the other embellishments that you
0: you have with your knives kev okay, i can try and pull this up on Instagram, and i will try all right? i don't think your computer um, is going to look any good though in- okay don't worry about it keep going so guys yeah. while we do this go to his instagram which is otis knives otis, otis okay. knives on instagram And you can flick through it. Yeah. Now I make all styles of knives. I make anything from a kitchen
2: knife, which I was making 20 years ago when they weren't really popular, up to daggers, art knives, anything in between. I do my own engraving these days. I've been doing some engraving today, Kev. Yeah, you had a crack. Yeah, a crack. (laughs) How
1: does your engraving compare to Mert's engraving that he did up with Andrew Blomfield?
2: I think Mert stuck at it a bit longer.
0: Than mine? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I gave up after a couple of lines. Bit of a scroll, mm-hmm. some some jagged edges, a bit of a gouge. The gouge was it,
2: actually
0: quite nice. You, you did compliment me on my gouge, but I don't yeah, think- It was. It was smooth going in and smooth coming out. It was good. There you go, Kev, I'm a natural. Did you hear yeah. that? Coming from natural, the luster.
3: Yeah. Who knows, maybe you'll have, a, <laughs> you'll have a barrel knife that has your own engraving. In oh. twenty thirty-five.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think we're a fair way off, mate. 2035. Nice. nice. <laughs> no, I see no. what you did there. Yeah. That's, only Jeez, nice. years,
1: yeah. That's only fifteen years, Mert. That's only fifteen knives away. <laughs> yeah. No. So Jamie, we, this, we this haven't got to the, uh, in. we haven't got to the sheep stories yet. <laughs> oh fuck, you're stunning again. What no. sheep stories? <laughs> yeah. That All right. Gonna... Let's get into that for a second then. Mert, Mert's just led away with that. What sheep stories? Mal, you have a bit of a reputation, or Lee has a bit of a reputation for being rather kind to the little lamekins.
2: Yeah, yeah, we've got a heap of them.
0: How many pets? How many sheep are on the property? How many sheep are on the property? Let's not talk about. Pets for uh,
2: 560 or so,
0: 560 sheep on the property at the moment, and um, basically, these days they're all woolies, right? Yeah, so yeah, for those that listen, if you ever go to a knife show, you've got to meet Lee, she's got a heart of gold, and <laughs> she just every time there's a sick sheep on the property, she nurses that bugger back to health. And once she's nursed it back to health, it becomes a pet sheep. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there's a there's a house paddock here. My kids have been here feeding the pet sheep. There's uh, be fifty odd sheep in there now. Forty two. Forty two. There yeah. you <laughs> go. No, not quite that many. Forty
2: two pets. Yeah, we got to get a. Bit of a hospital run happening at the moment. We've got some ewes and lambs in there. There's about five ewes and six lambs. A couple of them need a bit of a bottle feed, which we're we're doing four times a day at the
0: present. Shit. My kids have been in on that. And uh they got one.
1: I think through COVID I've had about four bottle feeds during the day too. (laughs) Cheers to that.
0: And he's got um, – they've got a weather in there that's got a walking problem and he's been in there for three months and they're, they're work, walking, working through with him, getting him – honestly, if you ever come back as, as in another mm-hmm. life as a sheep, come to this place. I'm telling you, it's, it's well, clear you magic. You don't houses. want to go to – You don't want to go to John whatever. <laughs> no, no, it's grouse. It's really, really good. So uh, plenty of sheep here. But, Mel, tell us about um, – Tell us about your childhood. How did you sort of get into making? What was your first knife? What was the first knife you remember owning? First knife I owned was a, a lock back switchblade.
2: So it wasn't actually, didn't work as a switchblade, but it was one of those replica ones that would yeah. be like one of those teams. So those lock back without the mechanism
0: in it. Hey, yeah. I got that when I was about 10, I think. Nice. it's about yeah. the right age. Mm-hmm. Good. And when would you get your first uh, decent cut? Oh when I was about five. I thought. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and you grew up around Denny? No, no, I grew
2: up in Horsham. In Victoria. Moved up to Denny in about oh, nice. nineteen seventy eight. Horsham was a nice spot.
1: Yeah. I've done I've done back in well, sort of 2000, between 2000 and 2010, um, a lot of rock climbing and a few trips out to Mount Arapiles, which is not far from Horsham. Yeah, and yeah. We've, we've gone in back into the town. Oh, yeah, it was unreal out there. You ever do like any of that yourself? On, is it just... No, I right. <laughs> it's, it's a step, <laughs> point,
0: so it
2: what like that out of the ground. It's a thousand foot drop. Oh,
1: really? Straight yeah, you drive. Anyone yeah, mad enough to go and of that? Yeah, on the way there, you're driving along and it's just flat plains. And then all of a sudden, this just fucking enormous rock face appears out of the middle of nowhere. And yeah, it's unbelievable out that way. Beautiful land. Like, oh, I really enjoyed my time out there um, with the rock climbing, but it was just an amazing landscape in that particular area as well
2: you come to Danny. yeah
0: yeah so just for the benefit of everybody on the listening on the podcast i've just got to fill you in on this i only just pressed record and the podcast has been going for some x number of I minutes agree, 18 minutes. So, so if you want to catch it you're going to have to get onto youtube or get onto the knife making download a group and listen to the first part of the com- podcast we're talking to mal hannon we're coming in via satellite from Daniloquin, which is uh in rural new south wales and um, uh, yeah, here we are with Kevin, Mert, as always. So sorry about that, but uh, you can actually see it. We have the backup recording, which is uh, as I said on YouTube and uh, on our uh, podcast group. See, that's why we got this backup, Kev. You like how we did that? I know, I love it. We're just we're always testing things. We're just testing
1: our technology, always. backup of technology, testing our listeners' patience. <laughs> <laughs> All of the above. Say above.
3: So, Mel, the above. Wh- what, was the, what, was the, what was the first knife that you made by yourself?
2: It uh, would have been a hunter-type thing. Yeah? Out of um, an old chaff-cutter kind of blade. Like. Right. If you know...
0: What did you... you know, that. What did you... What did you... I not know what a maori
2: It's like a maori. Yeah, right? no, no. They're thin and... Um, high carbon steel you, sharpen, mm-hmm. it you have to sharpen every day to cut your charcoal straw there you go come out of that how it's
3: long very agricultural how long did it you take to make that and what did you have in your shop back then it
2: would have been a bench grinder yeah which i would have done very carefully um Yeah, and just sort of belted it together with a couple couple of rivets on the handle. Having any trouble drilling it? Well, I had a couple of holes in it already. Oh, yeah, if right. I carefully yeah, carefully <laughs> manoeuvre around it, I'll get away with it. <laughs> well, um, as we say these
1: days, resourceful,
0: resourceful. <laughs> <laughs> so these days, these days, you're you're still making basically utility tight knives, eh? like um, working knives. They're Your kitchen knives, hunting knives, they're knives that are designed to be used. You do do a few hunt, um, art knives and things, but generally that's what you're known for. Yeah yeah. But yeah. 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 Under the brand. And you look him up going back for years in all the old knife magazines and everything. Otis knives. Um, yeah. Been around, as, as he said, been making for 30 years, joined the guild in 99 and first show in 2000. So, yeah. I like
1: the first show, yeah the first show that i, I met you <laughs> now where we were sitting very close together or next to each other um most people i guess if you haven't been to a knife show you you get there and you set up and then you get your first bit of time to run around and look at everyone's tables and you know, maybe introduce yourself to those people you haven't met yet or just say good day and nod, which most of us do. But I have to say I don't think there's been a table that I've gone past, Mal, that has had that initial impact me on me on me as much as your table with the variety of knives that you you display on there. Cause like you said, you've got your you've got your basic sort of hunter knives, the ones I call your Rambo knives that have the, the serrated sort of stuff on the tops. You've got those very much the utilitarian user knives. And then on the next part of the table, you've got a fucking elaborate the- timber box with a fucking engraved silver polished fucking dagger <laughs> and all this other intricate stuff. And you're like, what the, what the fuck? Hang on. Who, what? I, I remember the first time I looked at your table, I, I, it didn't make sense to me at first. at first. I fucking had to do another lap of the floor and come around. And, and see it but that's what I was saying earlier about I think we missed it in the first part of non-recording about that style of your knives you definitely don't have a style of knives you get into pretty much freaking everything that's going
2: yeah a style would be what I would I'd be, I have a variety of knives I had a couple of people give me some really good advice when I first started Del Rosso was one of them he said, it's always good to have a variety because if you're not selling it to one particular buyer, you've got someone else that will come in and get something else. And I took that as being really nice. And the other one was David Brodziak, who always made oh, yeah. really nice show type knife. And he said, you want to have a people stopper. And I said, well, what, what do you mean like a, a dagger or something? And he said, no, just someone that'll, something that'll stop the people as they walk past. And then they'll look at something else on your table. they don't buy the $5,000 dagger that's been engraved by Phil Vinikin. But they might look at something else and go, oh, yeah, oh, well, that's all right. But they've stopped yeah, 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 yeah. and taken yeah. a second look. That's actually really good advice. That's really good advice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially in, well, when we've had our shows pre silliness um, and you, you're up against another hundred people selling knives at some of the bigger shows in Australia that's definitely what you need is that showstopper and in Sydney a couple of years ago I did a similar thing I just I just made this ridiculous size cleaver it was stupidly big had a big handle but it was nicely done and that's people walk past the table They'd see that and stop, have a bit of a chat and a laugh to each other and then actually come on over and have a look at your knives and see that yeah. uh, the cleaver was just a standout thing and then there were other nice knives on the table. Uh, your stuff is obviously yeah. a bit more elaborate than a dodgy big cleaver where it's you know <laughs> got the ornately carved, intricately done stuff, but it has that same effect. It gets people to stop for that second or two, gives you the chance as a seller to say g'day and engage them and then for them to come on board and yeah. you know start having a chat, um, which is a good thing. So one of, of the questions, but style of the questions wise. yeah, sorry, go.
2: Yeah. Style wise, I wouldn't call that a style. That'd be um, style to me and, and Mike Peterson, I know, cause he was the New South Wales rep when I did me build thing. Um, he said, don't try and copy anybody else. Develop your own style so that when somebody picks up a knife without knowing that you're selling it, we'll recognize that knife. You know? Yeah. I like drop pointed hunters and that sort of stuff. And I usually grind them in a style that I I could pick it out of a room full of knives and say, you I've built that if someone stacks yeah. them on And I thought that was good advice. He said, you know, a lot of people to market. And I go, oh yeah, right at the minute. the japanese cooks knives are all the go so people will chase the market to try and cash in on it he said just do your own style of thing and um it's worked for me ever since yeah no, that's awesome yeah that's just so cool jimmy... life out there. It's... yeah but that makes a really yeah. nice one Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> jimmy barber was asking a question which we were probably going to get to anyway but it's nice to have the the viewers ask it but his question, Jimmy Barber's question was, Mal, who was your early influence?
2: Early influence? Uh, Mike Peterson, obviously one of them, Peter Del Russa, always had really good advice and always happy to give you the advice, whether you took it or not, it's another thing. Um, Murray McCarthy, probably people, I don't know if people know the old people that have done that sort yeah, of I stuff, met Murray. Yeah. Murray was a really knowledgeable Fellow, he did the high end type stuff. Um, he was good. He was always trying to beat Murray in an art. No, um, award. Good, good luck with that. Yeah,
0: that's did it. It. I did it. Yeah, I nice. did <laughs> Yeah, Nice. an
2: Adelaide night show. Only once. I think he won every other yeah, one. He did, yeah. In the end, he didn't <laughs> come in. He just he <laughs> didn't even. But he did he amazing stuff. His... And um,
1: <laughs> he was sitting there with his run of 20 consecutive trophies and then one missing.
0: <laughs> we'll yeah, got it. <laughs> Clayton Penley asks, do you build your knives with Corby bolts or large pins? And are they engraved or the mosaic pins? Uh, I right, um, don't use
2: straight pins unless they're on like a, a dovetail two-ended... Um, handle or use straight little stainless things corby bolts loveless bolts they
0: be engraved depends on what else is on the knife um so he does his own engraving so yeah he's very likely um very likely engraved uh anything that you might be looking at there on instagram i'm just assuming this guy's looking on instagram carl um the, the engraving setup he's got is um is really nice kind of uh uh, has its roots in the old tattoo system you've got the foot pedal control and all that that
2: yeah yeah, yeah.
0: it works for me yeah that's right so because i used to do a few tattoos
2: so it was easy to transition into it what
3: yeah, what right. kind of engraver yeah. do you have is it grs a grs yeah
2: yeah grs graver
0: Mac. yeah that's what i'm thinking
3: about getting it but they're not cheap
0: <laughs> Yeah, so, so am i now so am I. maybe there's a Bulk buy in the future. (laughs)
2: Bulk buy? I tried to hit um, Bulk (laughs) buy. Did Andrew have the palm control on his? What was that? Did Andrew have the palm control on his mat? Or was it the foot control?
3: Andrew had two kinds. He had the palm control and he had the foot control. He uses the foot control. He let me try both. Initially, I wasn't, initially, I felt good with the uh palm foot control then when i tried the palm control it was easier to draw straight lines but then i realized palm control is a bit more limited because your hand is doing too many things i realized especially when you're doing the curves and things like that so i just went back to foot control
0: right it's not unlike andrew to have both kinds by the way that's the way andrew rolls he's got everything twice
3: Yeah, Oh uh, yeah, he
1: does, he does, yeah. he does. So, Mer was asking about <laughs> Mur was asking about your engraving. Well, I thought he was actually going to ask about your tattooing, which is <laughs> what did you do? Was that just a hobby <laughs> or what? <laughs> I might have to come visit, mate, Cashy.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did it for a number of years as a as an as an alternative to cutting and firewood, and we're an extra. Um, you know, I've got paid a bit for it.
1: Yeah, what do you do? Well at fine
2: lines or shading or what, mate? Come on. <laughs> well, I haven't done any for a fair while, Kev. You'd be a brave man to get under the under the needle.
0: Oh watch, yeah. that's we'll, check out,
1: we'll we'll check out Corin's butt cheek later and if you spelt mum right, then we'll go with that.
3: <laughs> well. Tramp
1: in a thigh, Kev, in a
0: thigh. Come
1: on, man. In a thigh. Oh, that's painful just thinking about it. <laughs> Tattooing sheep. Oh, dear. We, we digress, mate. We digress. This happens quite a lot. Um, what? I've got I one from Jimmy of... Barber here that's a good one. Jimmy's already asked a question.
0: Go for it. <laughs> What made you first want to make knives?
2: If the fellow likes knives, he'd understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just love things sharp and shiny. Yeah. That's it. It's either in you or it's not. A lot of people don't understand why people like knives. They think they are a bit like a two-headed monster. Yeah, you just like knives. So the next step is after you
0: like one, you think, I'd like to make one that's how it works
1: that's how i got into it it do you have a preferred yeah that's just like being at your place coran mal do you have a preferred um knife that you like to make because obviously you've got a wide and varied style or approach to knife making is there like do you sit down and go yeah i really enjoy making drop point hunters over daggers or do you like daggers over drop point hunters or is it just a case of make whatever?
2: Um, that probably would depend on how many drop point hunters I've made just recently and the <laughs> change is always good. True. Change is good. In... No, I love making drop pointed, oh, some fighters, I really like making those.
1: Oh yeah, nice. <laughs> We don't see so I many... I a lot of hunting knives. knives
0: on the web page. There, there's a lot of hunting knives. He does do a lot of them still. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of your more... Yeah, like I said, all that utility-style stuff. He's looking at your Instagram. Yeah, no, that's all, all right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Tactical
2: stuff. What's, stuff your, is, yeah.
1: what's your... What's um, your most... Used or your most favoured piece of equipment in your workshop, mate? Would be a grinder. And what grinder do you have?
2: Currently, I'd best bought a new one, one of the eight eight four engineering Gibson ones, Gibson
0: seventy two. Current's been helping oh. me tweak it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. Tweaking it today, setting up big wheels on it. And... Yeah. Tweaking
1: and it. Surface
0: today and, and things. Tweaking it today and barrel knives tomorrow. Yeah, well, getting onto it eventually. <laughs> it's the one true knife making thing. Oh, fuck yeah, me. no, we've um we've had a bit of fun there. Um, <laughs> it all sort of started we all sort of started a few weeks ago when Mel got on the phone to me and said um the uh we sent him a hardness tester, which um, cole had been working on with him and it was X demo one oh, wow. and The guys packed it up as best they could, I think, and sent it down. But in transit, it knocked the front, um, the front dial came off with all of the scale and everything. And so I've been working, I had to basically disassemble my own one and do a shot by frame by frame rebuild sequence tutorial on how to put it back together for it. So we, we did that, and he got it all back together. But in the process, he said, oh, you should come down and stay sometime. So, well, that was a couple of weeks ago, and here I am, really. Yeah, you were a bit stressed oh, I was stressing out at the time. Yeah, I said to Mal, so long as the phone doesn't work at the front gate, he said, no, that's fine, you'll be fine. He said, you can turn it off if it does, so <laughs> turn it off. All
1: right. you, so we're camping have, down. Yep. Yeah, so you might have Mert and I down there before too long. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, just be on Optus. Apparently, it didn't work down here.
0: Yeah, Optus is good. Oh, doesn't, doesn't matter, well
1: down here. It doesn't hey, matter, mate. I know how to, know how to turn the... this bloody thing off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm down in the back paddock with the family. Got my brother here, and um, my sons and daughter, and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty good, eh? Pretty good. Yeah, nice. We're fishing. Or, Record. Or... Record. I'm up to. We got eight fish today so far, so that, including a Murray cod, so that's pretty cool. You what? Uh yeah, Murray cod, um, silver perch, carp, yeah. My Murray cod for, is I'm nice. Only I'm only aiming for carp. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm only shooting for carp, but I'm catching all sorts of things as well. So it's good. He yeah. is putting the cod back for those people. Oh
2: yeah. See. Yeah we're out a cod well, season yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah I can I can picture Corin even during cod season catching a cod and going Ah what's this fucking thing and throwing it back in the water and going, oh, I just want a carp to smoke and eat you know everyone <laughs> <laughs> else is like that's like the mecca of fishing you bastard and you've just thrown it back
0: <laughs> uh funny stuff. It's only a cod, mate, just a big mouth fish. Warren, I'll get to that. Mate? Says Jamie. Uh, and Matt Snape says, speaking of 84 Engineering, shout out to you with thanks for his hospitality today when he dropped in. Very busy place. You're wasting my boy's time. He's got to get grinders built. Matt, don't you, know, you go there. <laughs>
1: well, Matt, Matt, popped past my place today, um, and then I had an import. Uh, I had an, an appointment to go to this afternoon, so I had to boot him out at about 11 o'clock today. And Matt had travelled, you know, down into town from Goulburn, I think it was. And he was like, Oh well, I've got the day. It's only an hour to Kuma. So we he shot Yui off a message and yeah, off he went one hour further south. So all these
0: people. The other thing all these people. The other thing that's, yeah, the other thing that's go, interesting about our shop we visited is um, is the workshop company. You want to tell us about your workshop company? We've, we've uh, taken on board a couple of
2: goats called Honey and Veggie and they tend to come along and help me do my grinding and my hand sanding and, and generally fill in the day. Climbing, climbing over benches and knocking things over and all sorts of literally stuff. Literally in the shed, walking around with him. And so you don't like doing heavy
1: it, yoga yeah, actually, or something, are you?
0: <laughs> no, no. Goats, as goat. in goats. You
2: know, for like all little... Yeah. yeah. People do goat yeah. yoga. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, well, that, oh, really? I don't know about that. Show us, yeah?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> here we go. There you go. Oh, no. We'll have to go for the wide length. Oh, yeah. This here, isn't going to go. Here we go.
0: goat
1: yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Downward-facing goat.
0: <laughs> for, the, for the benefit of the podcast... Kev is manipulating a small monkey into weird positions. It was a goat. <laughs> oh, yeah, for fuck's sake.
3: Can you guys hear my dog? He's barking his fuck
0: out of. Yeah, fucking anyone can hear. I can hear your dog from here with the headphones off, mate. There's a goat. There we go. Kev's got a goat. There he is. Where'd, where'd Bert go? We lost him. just <laughs> shut God. his dog up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It the cool thing you about, about these goats,
0: yeah. mm-hmm. if, you, if you come into Mal's yard uninvited, they'll destroy your car. <laughs> oh, really? I've given away <laughs> one of his security tips. Oh, yeah. shit, you. <laughs> you don't get out with some paddle damage and
1: work the snake motors.
0: <laughs> no, nah, absolutely, mate. Jump on your roof.
1: Yeah, right. They're attack goats. Goats are funny, crit- goats are funny critters. They're a lot more solid than most people anticipate. They can be a little intimidating. Well, these are only little goats. Oh, yeah, they, do big. they wear pyjamas? Huh? Not that I know of. Oh, fair enough then. <laughs> Don't
0: know where he was going with that one. No, 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 no. That's okay. uh,
1: You go onto Google and just do Google goats... Goats, baby goats in pyjamas. It's a funny thing to see.
2: Oh, hey, oh yeah, I know now, Kev. I've seen them on the, the Facebook thing. Yeah. All running
1: that, that's, the pay per, that's, know, that's pay-per-view. They're everywhere in pyjamas. <laughs> oh, dear. So there you go. So, this lag's a in bit terms bad. Of a, it's hard to... Hard to yeah, <laughs> the lag is a little bit bad. we We tend to be talking over each other. Bear with us. Like I said, we've got Mal in Denelequin, rural New South Wales, via satellite. Um, very happy to have you on board. Mal, can you give the uh, virtual tour of your workshop? We know recently we saw, or some of us recently saw, the unloading of the pallet of gear from your delivery. If you can give the listeners a quick run-through of the, I guess, what... You know equipment that you have there to do what you do.
2: Uh, well, I now have a couple of grinders and um, a couple of heat treaters. One I probably don't need at the minute, but um, hardness tester, couple of drills, sandblasting
0: unit, and to be honest, there's not much else. There's a fact. It's a it's a it's a good knife shop, but it's a farm shop as well, so yeah. it's still yeah. use
2: yeah so that that's probably that, that leading that exotic otherwise
1: yeah that probably leads into another question which is um do you for are you a forger or are you do stock removal or a bit of
2: both oh i should turn that around now um basically a uh, stock removalist yeah nice and the uh, steels that um, you like to work with 440C, Sandvik, I like the Sandvik, I like the 440C, um, D2, just the basic old steels, but they work really nice. They, yeah. they they make really nice knives, good hard and knives. No, you can't go wrong with them. You can't go wrong. No. Yeah. To get the full use out of some of the... Those thirty V's and all that—you really need to have a cryogenic quench, or you're wasting your time. So, and I haven't got that equipment, so there's no point really having it.
0: Yeah, you're, you're getting—you're talking about getting an extra two percent or something on what you're doing anyway. So, yeah. how relevant is it? Glyn um, Glyn Potter asks, "What's your original grinder?" Which is—it's um, a nice piece of history. I saw that today. It's a lovely grinder. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Hardy Wangerman. Yeah. Uh, there was a knife
2: maker down in Ballarat by the name of Hardy Wangerman. He was a tool maker by trade. He used to make a lot of grinders, mainly bench mounted ones, but he made the odd couple of free standards. And I bought one of his years ago. And it's yeah, it's a nice nice bit of gear. Not going to sell it. it um, it's a good piece of
0: equipment. Well engineered. Uh- for those that have been around for a while, everyone will know Hardy Wengerman because he was making grinders in Australia, you know, 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. He was the man. Yeah. So. Cast his own wheels and all sorts of stuff. He was um, yeah, building through the grinder. So he, yeah. he, he made a nice
2: yeah, right. I was going
1: to say, it sounds like an early iteration of 84 engineering.
0: Yeah, he sold direct to the knife-making community. Uh, he came from a, um engineering background. He was a toolmaker, I think you said, didn't you? Yeah, toolmaker by trade. Toolmaker by trade. And a lot of the older guys have his have his gear, um, including Mal and Keith Flutter and oh, there's heaps of them around. that. Ali you know, Bastion Ali said he's got he yeah. a freestanding one.
2: He only made a couple
0: of freestanders.
2: But I uh, had greasable bearings in it. I've never changed one of the main bearings on. I've changed two of the little ones, but none couple of the small ones. So you can
0: pump grease in them. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's I've still of bearings. Yeah.
2: Never wear it. Yeah. It's
0: good.
1: That's frozen. No, nah, he's, he's just chipping
2: along. Yeah. Um, do you make no, I'm now, in Do a man. you make do you make folding knives? Yeah, yeah, occasionally I can get talked into making them. <laughs> Not something that you really like doing, then? <laughs> um, yeah, I'd fancy to make some slip joint knives, but I'd probably be looking to go and talk to someone or do a course with Bruce Barnett. Uh, what I'd be aiming for to, to probably on get. I time span in, in this world's running shorter, so I don't need to spend ten years trying to work it out. No, that's the go and learn thing. off a master.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's a yeah, funny thing when we talk say about yeah. it, the, the COVID and all the lockdowns of the borders and stuff. I think I think when they finally open up, there's going to be a large swage of um, East Coasters heading over to WA, particularly Bruce Barnett's place to do slip-joint folder classes.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. i
2: the yeah. list, yeah. So, I just got to get to so yeah. Well, you've got to put it well, into perspective that the people that are making knives these days and starting out, because yeah. I look at some of the, the guild you know, requirements of what you've got to build in a knife. I've got the knife that got me into the guild over in the shed. I bought it back off the bloke that I sold it oh, to. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and look at that. And you'd think these days you wouldn't get admitted into the guild, And 20 years ago, you didn't have YouTube to watch. Yeah. You didn't yeah. have any of that stuff that... that
0: Things are totally different these days to what they were 20 years ago. The level's come right up. The level has come up a long way in the last few years. It nice. Yeah,
2: It's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But um, that's not for me to, to to query on. But if you know, looking at the knife that I've got over in the shed, I wouldn't get into the gym. Well,
0: <laughs> can't comment, but I'll have a look tomorrow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Take a photo. Send us a photo. <laughs> <You won't. laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, and back then um back then uh peterson was a state rep yeah like in uh was he still he was, down, he was down at tante lingle Tant- yeah, yeah i remember or,
2: or, i don't know whether he, other people would drive to his house but i had to pull up at a gate and walk across down this valley and up the other side and his great big hand of the Baskerville. And down, van, yeah, carrying on as I was going on, and the crap out of him. But anyway, I had a look at his stuff where he made his own metal and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it was, he was He was an amazing bloke. Or it is. still is, still is, is. is an amazing bloke. <laughs> Not more, it's is.
3: So Mel, you just said that you got yourself, um, you got yourself a nice hardness tester. So what's your next purchase, or if you? If you want to buy something for your knife making shop, what will be the next big purchase
2: for you? Ooh, I've got no idea, man. To be honest, I'm I'm reckon I'm pretty right. He just bought a
0: Paragon kiln, a, uh, a, a Pro- 72 yeah. Pro kiln, and and a hardness tester. So these, yeah, give him a little bit of time to think <laughs> about what he's missing. <laughs> He just has to
3: spend five be minutes. You'll, you'll, be talking about your, you'll be talking about all the shit that you bought within last month, your die filer, your press and all that. Oh,
0: die he needs a die filer. Yeah. I'll sort of him out, don't <laughs> <all right>. worry. <laughs> yeah.
1: that's, that's like the that's devil a, sitting a- on your shoulder right next to you right now that's all right so, old, that's all right.
0: <laughs> yeah that's all right I've said nah, thanks to Kevin and I've shown. no nah, he's got it it's a it's a it's a good shot for what he does it does everything you need doesn't it really yeah so, and has done for, for a long time yeah, not many shops have got a shearing shed tagged onto the back of it, but that's that's good too. Mm. I mean, Ali Bastion's is a shearing shed, but yeah.
2: I walked into some sheds more basic than mine. Yeah, no, absolutely,
0: and smaller too, actually. Wally Bidgood wouldn't even fill the size of his kitchen. Really? Mm. So Wally Bidgood for those people that um that wouldn't know him and maybe new in the scene or whatever, but Wally was a founding member of the guild and. Um, He's sort of stopped doing the show circuit now. Uh, him and his wife, Brenda, live down Ballarat or Benegal. Castadon. Castadon. There you go. And, um, yeah, he's uh, just a staple of the hunting knife world and he does a few folders as well. But the guys in the hunting community all know him. He's just been around for, I'm yeah, going to say, yeah. forever. You know? yeah. Yeah. D2 hunters, he's he made it for years and he's spot on, immaculate little knife.
2: Yeah,
0: does a very good job. So... Big goods a big name in the hunting knife community. Yes. And uh yeah, works out of a tiny, tiny shed. Hmm. Yeah. Jimmy Barber's looking at your Instagram. He says your recurves look sensational. What was the reason you got into them? The challenge, market, functionality? Because I like making them. <laughs> I like
2: it. I like the look you of them. Don't.
1: Why not? You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's sometimes a really overlooked answer to those sorts of questions. Why do you do this? Because I like it. It's, like it is though. Oh, like people them. ask me. People ask yeah. me, why do you do drop point hunters, or why do you do the skinners? Because I like them. I reckon they look cool. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> No more, no less really <laughs> no. So so being in the being in a sort of so I guess rural area, what challenges does are you faced with as a knife maker now like do you have any particular issues with sourcing goods or, or the like or distance to other makers I guess is that an issue?
2: Well, it would be, there's there's no other makers around here. It hasn't been for the last 20 years. So yeah, never got a lot of feedback um, from other people. It was sort of a work it out yourself, um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. Always free in the, as being a member of the guild, if you had a problem, um, I've rang Peter Rasso on occasions, I've rang other people on occasions if I've, when I was starting out as to get advice, and all that sort of stuff, um, and they're always happy to give it. But, yeah, it was only as close as a, as a phone call. To I've never been into anybody's shop and actually sat there for a day and ground noise with them or anything like that. Yeah. Look. <laughs> Can't.
0: What when you, when you want to do? <laughs> it but it's hard for you as well because you can't really just drop the farm can you no
2: i'll pick up and go
0: yeah it's sort of a different you can't just have you no know, it's my annual annual leave today that's what i said to him oh we'll come down on the long weekend he said they're all they're all just days here you gotta give me a take <laughs> Mate, i was out on the long weekend
1: yeah i was out on the long weekend my wife was home and we we went off and did a few things and i just like we just went down to bunnings to to get a few more gas cylinders now i've got the new dual dual inline cylinder operation on my forge and i paid for three new cylinders and the guy was like oh we're running low because it's a public holiday and i just looked at him went i'm self-employed i don't understand public holidays anymore (laughs) every day is just a day So, and I don't, I don't own a farm with um, five
0: hundred says, sheep on it. <laughs> no, Bobby says he's probably the closest. He's only forty-five minutes away. Oh, yeah. Bobby Smith is, and he makes a nice knife. And he does them all pretty much. As far as I understand, he still uses only a file. Bobby will comment and let us know, but oh. he only uses files, and he's been doing them like that for years. Where's
2: Bobby
0: Smith? Where are you, Bobby? Give us a, give us a town, mate, and we'll, um, we'll have a look at that. Matt says, um, what's your main driver in selection of handle material? Just a minute. Uh, Just a minute. Sorry. Um, for a specific knife. And where does pure aesthetics fit in? What's your main handle material that you normally use?
2: I like wood and I like uh, black linen and If yeah. they are looking at me, uh, Instagram site, they will see a lot of black linen micata because I really like it. It's um, good good. On a hunting knife, um, good on a kitchen knife, it's good on just about everything because it's nice and grippy. Um, However, you can't smash it off with hammer. It's, um,
0: it's good stuff. And I like wood. Yeah, and you cut a fair bit of it too. So yeah. I'm walking, walking around in the paddocks, mate, and there's burls here just sitting there, just seasoning in the paddocks. I won't tell you, that. it's <laughs> pretty special though. Big piles of burls. So protected by goats. Redstone. Yeah, yeah, look out. Uh, Brad Stone says, Is that a Russa head on the back wall? It is.
2: There you go. And I do like deer antler as well. But I, and in particular, that Roos is still lucky to be there. I do like Roos deer antler. <laughs> if he's got
0: any. And Bobby Smith is in Can- Katanga. 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 There you go. So that's Shepherd and know. I like it. You live here. 40, <laughs> oh, right. Fair enough. Can you yeah, cross the border? The side of the no border. point, mate.
2: Yeah. See you later. He's
1: <laughs> yeah. just said that
2: 45 down
0: 45 the bottom. 45 minutes is only just the other side of Denny. So, yeah. Um, Phil Bilkey says, hey, Mel, are you self-taught with your engraving?
2: Uh, not entirely. Um, a fella that used to do my engraving for me was all hammer and chisel, and he was by the name of Phil Vinecker. He gave me a few pointers and steps and showed me how to build a, or told me how to build a uh, hammer and chisel engraver, which was, which I did. I cut a, a $2 tack hammer off. I went to the $2 shop and got a tack hammer, because yeah. he said, cut the end of it off, cut the hammer bit off and found the biggest valve face I could find, welded it on, and then stuck the handle back on and then I started using that as a hammer and chisel. Um, bought some GRS stuff which because the hammer and chisel was too slow and then I did do a course up in Queensland with a, a, and Jeremiah White came out from America for GRS and I did a week with him yeah nice
0: Awkward silence. <laughs> We're waiting for. It's just waiting for the bloody lag, mate. I, I don't want to Wait say to anything. The lag. You start something. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: Over talking to each other. Bradstone, i thing. read
0: some of these. Bradstone says, "Sember and fellow." Sorry, mate. Um, Trent Looney says he's in Moama. Where's that? Just the other side of the, uh, no, this side of the border. but he doesn't make knives yet. Right. There you go. Um, yeah, Bob, Bobby's still using using files. And he's just over the, the river from Toccomore. Toccomore, Tok- oh, yeah. yeah. you know what he's saying. That's not 45 minutes away, mate. Oh, we're from Denny or from here? Because you were another half hour past Denny, so.
2: Yeah. Toccomore, 75 k from Denny. Oh, it could be done. Could have been forty five,
0: yeah. yeah, down the lower tote road. <laughs> not, okay, yeah, it's not that far away. Yeah, but we're half an hour out easily.
1: So, yeah, there we go. Um, where we at? So, what's when when we have show season up and running? Now, when we have show season up and running, what's what's like your typical lead up? Do you plan? for a show and say, I'm going to have, or I would like to have, say 10 knives, a variety of different styles, or do you just look at your shelf, grab what's ready and then hit the road?
2: Uh, I will have, have what's in me box that um, that's, I've been making in stock. And then, yeah, I just make knives flat out, whatever style I choose to. Do at that particular point. If I think I've got too many hunting knives in my box, well then I'll make some kitchen knives or something a bit fancier. Depends on how much time I've got. Nice. Some of those knives for me, like the, um, on the Instagram site, there there'll be that there'll be a sub built fighter with the engraving all over. That'd take me, um, you know, over the course of a couple of months to get it finished. It's not
0: a quick process when you're working a couple of other jobs to pay the bills. What's the uh, what's the knife you carry most? What's the, or what's the knife that you carry with you when you're working and around the farm? What's the thing that, you know, the first go to? Is a leatherman. After the leatherman. That's it. Oh on uh, uh, that yeah, <laughs> yeah. The ring.
2: It's I've carried
0: that for years.
2: And when I've, as I've been working in the bush, it's good for lopping off limbs and sticks that get in your road
0: and trees and all sorts of stuff. The parang, yeah, it's a nice, uh, nice one too. Sharp as. Yeah, I can vouch for that. <laughs> Andrew Smith. We says, all what knives did Corin take camping? Yeah, that's one for me. Yeah. A barrel knife. I've seen that. Yeah, I've got my barrel knife I've got probably got your barrel knife just down here, Andrew. By the way, just got it back from engraving. Just remind me about that later. Um, I've got uh Amora companion, uh nine and uh Susami knife and you feel it, I've got my De Klerk filleting knife, custom filleting knife, which is down there, which is a nice one. Yeah, I've probably got too many knives, but anyway, that's all right. I'm camping and I like knives, so that's what we do. And fishing, camping and fishing.
1: Is there such a thing as too many knives?
0: No. No. So, Maus, what's Mal's? Just a sec. PointyHK says, what's Mal's Instagram account name? Oh, yeah. No, it's just to fill you in for those that have just joined us. Um... It's Mal Hannon from Otis Knives and you'll find him as Otis Knives O-T-I-S Otis Knives on Instagram. And you'll be able to check out what he does there.
1: Mal, in terms of the knife making that you've been doing and the, and lots of the variety is there I guess in your mind is there a holy grail that you want to achieve? Is there a particular knife style or an element to a knife or a or a Product or handle material, for example, that you want to incorporate. What would be your, like, your ultimate knife to have, to create?
2: Oh, that'd be um, that'd be a question. I am working on one at the present that I haven't been able to get at because I've got a few orders and stuff to fill. But um, I've got a, a round bar of dense twist. Damascus that I've, I've got Bruce to make me, Bruce Barnett, and I've got a special job for it. Oh, nice secret squirrel you to, you to, yeah. so watch you th-
0: have to you have to follow his Instagram yeah. if you want to see it.
1: Watch everyone his, get on. What's this face? Everyone get on Otis Knives on Instagram. Follow it with bated breath because Mal's going to do something yeah, with a nice twist. You might be
2: waiting while. Twist, sitting there <laughs> waiting. <laughs> Doesn't matter, mate. Doesn't matter how long you wait. Yeah, it's about 10 inches long and about an inch and a bit thick. So It'll be interesting. The steel as it is yeah, or is the
1: knife you're going to make? <laughs> <laughs> you might be wanting to make really one of Dom Binkett's knives.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, have you seen Dom's work? You've seen Dom at Melbourne show perhaps, Tom Binkett. He makes uh, titanium wedges. What would you call them? A wedge? Oh, oh. insane. They're like
1: two kilos of, of Tom the, titanium. Yeah, Dom
0: was at Perth. But Dom yeah, had some yeah, at Perth. Yeah, yeah,
1: was,
2: yeah. yeah the, the sausage man was chopping up his sausages with him. That's the guy.
0: That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, so, uh, I guess, um, I'm heading, I'm shooting off probably back home tomorrow or, or the next day, but it's been a great, great stay in here. They've got, um, just a butte property. Um, got some crops, got some, plenty of sheep. Fishing, fishing. Mal doesn't fish, so he's just watching me, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he came here as a fisherman and he was going to fish every day, but uh, it doesn't happen, yeah. does it? doesn't work when you live with it. No.
1: Yeah, that's it. I, um, I went out, out says, to... Yeah. I went out to um Anaconda on the weekend and bought some new fishing line. Was, I've reconnected with a mate of mine. We haven't been, we haven't caught up for about 18 months and he's like, we need to go fishing. And I was just like, far out, man. I don't think I've wet a line since the last time we fish. So yeah, after Anaconda bought the line and
0: that's as far as
1: I went, it's sitting on the table.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. I dug all my old shit out. It was good though. We've, We've had a good time and just fish after fish this morning. I really did really did well this morning. Nothing nothing this afternoon, but yeah. Changing the weather. Changing the weather, yeah. So what have you guys That's been up it. to? Mert? What's happening with you? How's your week been? Uh my week has been all right, man.
3: I've I done some big forging. I haven't had the forge going on because I had some electrical problems, but Thank you to Sausage Man. He came in and he fucking fixed everything, so that was good. Now I'm I'm back in forging. I did a stainless semi today. I'm working on a mosaic Damascus. Uh, I did an integral chef's knife out of like a hundred something layers. I'll just I'll just make up. I'll tell the guy 146 layers because he doesn't listen to this podcast. It's okay. <laughs> and I'm I'm, work, I'm, <laughs> I'm working on a Turkish twist Damascus, and I'm probably gonna. Uh, it's a, it's probably like a 70 centimetres now and I'm going to cut it into 10 centimetres each and twist four and right, twist three to the left and stack them up and do like a composite part Turkish twist thingy. That's what I got
0: going on. Nice. That sounds um, like a fairly uh, fairly high-risk project. Hey, good luck with it, mate. Shiver I mate. And engrave something Shibira. on it at the end of it. She'll
2: be right <laughs> yeah chisel grind <laughs> yeah
3: I got my swords came in from the mail I got a sword came in from the mail and the shit part was wife was home so what? Like, is that the one that she's like is that the one that uh, my cousin sent from the US like no then I'm like oh shit if that's not the one that cousin sent there must be another sword that I bought so she noticed that, so I got in a little bit of trouble. Does she listen to the podcast? No, definitely not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, old, that old thing. No, oh, I had that ages ago. <laughs> yeah,
3: literally that mm. old thing. Mm. What are you guys up to? Yeah, what have you been up to other than that building that forge?
1: Uh, well, not a lot other than building the forge, lining it, getting it all working uh, making sure it doesn't leak in any of the hoses um i had like i said matt snape those, came those, by those this morning leak man oh yeah they those, always those leak. will these leak yeah so matt snape came by this morning and, and i put up a little clip on my instagram earlier we cranked it up to 30 psi and it, it was like the fucking looking into the sun <laughs> this thing is going to get fucking hot no no brick. The other day I had it at 20 PSI with no brick in the front and it was up at 1150 degrees. So at 30, at 30 PSI, if I put a brick in front, I've got a funny feeling I'm going to have to watch that I don't melt the steel when I come to doing some Damascus in it. Um, that's the safety sake. Um, and I start back teaching this weekend, so I've just been tidying up a few things Sorting out my order list, which is unfortunately taken a you know, he took a backward step with my back being rooted. So I've reorganized everything that I need to do. And would you believe I might get in some shit when I say this, but I mopped the floor of my workshop yesterday. You mopped it? I mopped it. What the hell's going on here? Oh, I rediscovered the colour of the floor of my workshop. <laughs> this is the shit that it's goes It's going to go it. rust yeah. colour. Nah, nah, it in was the mop- rust colour. Nah, like 50 the, concrete oh, you, anyway. the concrete paint that was in my workshop was that grey driveway paint stuff. And when I, I, I loaded up the bucket with that bloody... Um, you know, the ad where they sprinkle the shit on your wash and throw it in, the, in there for 30 minutes? Whatever it was, the stain remover, I put that on there and, yeah, I rediscovered the colour of my flooring. It, it, it's grey.
0: Just excuse me for a second. The flashing blue and red light out there like a police light. <laughs> box light. It's a box light. Do you do it? drugs? <laughs> Shut up. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> this is it's like a police car. They're looking the for
3: you. What's That's fox why you run away, corn. They were looking
0: for. Oh, really? You. Oh. They know they think it's the cops, and they run. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how it works? No, really it good.
2: Flashes. Yeah, it's for the sheep as well in the paddock, so It's all over the farm. Yeah, it keeps um, the foxes think it's a.
0: Person with a torch? No, oh, I thought it was sure. the cops, but sure. it's all right. There's blue and there's white lights
2: and they flash randomly
0: yeah. the and shoot the back. Yeah. Oh, right, there you go. We'll learn something <laughs> new. Sorry guys, sorry for the distraction. It was just a learning educational moment. I'm looking out the window into pitch black night and there's a cop car driving through the bush, but apparently it's a fox light. they scaring away foxes. Yeah, well, yeah, do you, have yeah, of, do you have a lot of man. wild dogs and foxes? No, yeah. <laughs> just a second. Pierre, I didn't nearly run at that. Last night when I was sound checking to make sure we could get enough internet speed to do this tonight, and I looked down and seen a black snake between my feet, then I did nearly <laughs> run. But this was, just, this was just something else. So just putting it out there. Now there's yeah, fucking snakes in the house and they've got everything in this place. I'm telling you, it's fucking scary. Anyway, <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait,
1: wait. I, think, I think it's just a Top coincidence, head, you, Warren. I think it's just, just a coincidence with the timing because I did put a phone call into to both VicPol and New South Wales Police saying that you were crossing the border tonight. Oh, really? They're
0: waiting for me? <laughs> yeah, either side. <laughs> well... Your payback didn't pay off, Kev. (laughs) No, I know. You bastard. I'll get you back one day. Don't you worry. Uh, Yeah, It'll happen. Yeah, so uh, (laughs) what else is new, Kev? What's happening on social media, guys? I've been off it for a week and it's doing me wonders. I've got about a 1,000 missed messages on Facebook. So all those people looking at this wondering why I haven't responded, it's because where I am, I don't have reception. I have reception uh, satellite internet here at the house, but, uh, in the bush, it's um, not so much Zilch. Zilch. Yeah. yeah. In fact, my brother's son, uh, my brother's son spent the, the last four or five days going through cold turkey on not having Wi-Fi. He's hating it. He's hating it. No Wi-Fi. Checks the phone every five minutes to see if magically something comes on, but nothing. It's killing him. He can't play any of his little games or anything. He had to throw rocks and he's sharpened a stick with his pen knife and he's caught some fish, and he's had to do all these terrible things because he doesn't have Wi-Fi. Oh,
1: that sounds like a dream. That sounds like a dream. So I need to say to to Julianne, um, no, hell did not freeze over when I mopped my shop floor. (laughs) It was a pretty cold day regardless. (laughs) Jamie Bishop... um, has just said on one of his comments just up from Owen Wards there that he only needs a tidy wipe and that a mop is quite excessive. We're talking about the floor, Jamie. We're talking about the floor. <laughs> Trying to find it. And uh, when, Matt, when Matt came by my workshop, I had to point out to him that i have mopped my floor because I was quite proud of it, actually. Like, I've built a new um, setup for the forges to sit on. It's it's clean. It's not going to be this way again now for the next twelve months. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> and Owen's just come in saying that he'd lose his balls if he didn't do that to his polished concrete. He's just being just being smart because he's got polished Owen,
0: concrete. If you're not following if you're not following the Australian Life makers guild um, pages. Uh, get on there and follow it because in a few days, Owen Ward's going to come up there and a bit of an introduction about who he is. And I've got to tell you, um, you're going to be impressed, man. That, um, he's got a, he's got a mint hobby other than knife making. So yeah, stay tuned for that one. Stay tuned for that one. Oh, might have to hit him up on That workshop on is personal. pretty special.
1: Might have to hit him up on personal
0: messages oh, to up. see what that's all about. <clears throat> that one's coming up. Don't worry about it. Not worried about and it. Not worried about, about it at all. worried
1: more it well. Yeah. <laughs> that's space. what happens. With, that's what happens when you're not doing shit in there, and all you can do is clean. Light light duties are bad because you end up cleaning shit, and making more space, and then realizing how bad you were in your organization of your workshop, and how easy it is to put things in a certain spot then that spot becomes the permanent spot for those things. And then the next spot gets filled by other things, which is the permanent spot for those things. And you move on and on and on. This is going to sound really bad to the listeners and and people strike me down if you don't believe me, but I actually moved a milk crate with at least maybe 10 or 15 hammers from my main workshop to the overflow garage because I don't work, I don't use them, and they sat in that milk crate in my workshop for about two years because they were there. So now I'm not doing stuff. It's like, move them out of the way, get them out of the way. Bad for you. Just keep doing shit. Don't stop. So, Mer- sorry, you had one of your knives. Yeah. You had one of your knives on there today, Mert. There was a – what was that one? That was the wrought iron and and high-carbon chef knife. Which one was that, Ken? Uh, It was a wrought iron – you had a wrought iron with a high-carbon core, like 1.25 carbon core or something.
3: Um, Is you talking about the one that was on the Blade magazine or – the one I no, mentioned. no, one you're making. Current one that you're working on. I Yeah, I, I got, yeah. Uh, that's the wrought iron and the uh, steel known as 125SC. That's 1. the one. Five percent carbon, yeah, yeah. What's the tip for
1: forging a wrought iron my blade?
3: As few heats as possible and work hot. Very hot. So make sure, yeah. Especially my initial welding is hot. I make sure like it's really, really hot. Like there's smokes. There's like smoke coming out of the borax melting. But once the my welds are set, I kill one of my burners. So I got two burners in my forge. As soon as my initial weld is done, I kill the second burner off, and then I try to stretch it as soon as possible. So I'm trying to go with like four heats, maximum like four heats from a billet that's about um, 30 centimeters to two centimeters to 10 centimeters long. I'm trying to get that nice shape in four to five heats. My first heat is welding heat. Second heat, it will still weld. But after that, I'm dropping down like to 900 or 1000 degrees at most, I'm not. And at the last heat, when I'm forging the bevels, I'm probably like eight hundred fifty or nine hundred because temperature is dropping. Temperature is dropping fast, and I leave the once my valve is on, I leave the uh, the brick off, so my forge actually lose temperature. So I don't want to lose the carbon much. Okay. Um, so do you use any? Um,
1: it you don't have anything as a barrier like pure nickel sheeting or anything between that I one point two five sc.
3: Look, I can do nickel, but. I have a 1.25% carbon, if I use 0.05, oh, bad. I got one yeah. 1.2%, yeah. but that's why I'm trying to keep it low. Like if I was doing a patent welding steel, that required like 20 welds or mosaic that require like 16 different tiles and welds. Yeah, then it becomes a issue, but I'm only welding once and it's staying in the forge for total of 10 minutes, not even that, so I'm not, I'm not worried about it much. Nice. Now, when you're forging, getting that, like sixty-five rock valve. Yeah, right.
1: That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how thick do you how
3: thick do you take it before you start to grind? One second, actually, before I start making up numbers and shit, <laughs> I can just look at it with the calipers, so I don't bullshit. Uh, one,
0: two, yeah. All right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't have you bullshitting, so I got <laughs> one rod on here, and I'm looking at the fuck. It's out of battery, but I still can't read numbers. So at the right above the heel, it's five millimeters on the spine. That might sound a lot, but again, I'm not. I'm not worried about this side. I'm more worried about how thick is going to be right at the edge. So it's, yeah. and towards the edge, it's um, three mil, three mil on the edge. I could have taken a bit down, but it's consistent three mil, three mil, till it came to yeah. tip, tip is two and a half. I'm looking at the other one I done, so I'm making sure like this is not an anomaly. Uh, this one is again, five mil. <laughs> Three, 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 two point nine. yeah. Apparently, I take it to three millimeters at the edge before heating. <laughs> so that might sound like thick, but again, as you guys are as you guys know, wrought iron is not hard. So when you grind it, it just grinds like butter. Oh, yeah. So there was uh,
1: a, when we had that hammer in at your place, and, yeah. and we did some sand Mai there. I think we just used mild steel. Yeah. And I have to admit that the mild my billet that I did at your joint, I've ruined because I didn't take into account how soft mild steel is when you grind it.
3: It's just like, Zit. oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, look, Sanmai, I do knife course with the sand Mai. And uh, the best thing about sand Mai is it grinds it <clears> easy. And the worst thing about semi is it also grinds easy. Yeah. Best thing about semi, if it bends, you can bend it back. But another bad thing about semi is that when you're grinding it, if you're not careful, you cannot get your way out of by, let me just grind it here, grind it there. You gotta flex it back so it's not, so you're not just like taking more material from one side to the other.
1: Yeah, nice. We just had a comment up. It's an a evil friends. one. We just had the comment up from Francois at on the thing um, from the old Telegraph station in Alice Springs. Just finished forging for the garden train that That's pretty impressive. We've seen, uh, like, he's probably the most centralised forge or knife maker in Australia at the moment, isn't
0: he? I'd say he probably is. There wouldn't be too many in Alice.
1: No. He was, um, I think it was Bruce Barnett. If you follow... Well, if you don't follow Bruce Barnett on your social media, you should. Um, Bruce posted up something about um, Francois, the change from recent, like from when he did his beginning knife courses with Bruce up to where he's out now. And there's, there's absolutely profound change in what he's up to, which is pretty awesome. So, guys, while you talking
3: about right the forging it... Mm-hmm. Just, just wanna oh, show sorry, the show, sorry, I just wanna show like the geometry. The reason that you're forging is you're establishing the geometry. This requires, I don't know if you guys can tell, but there's already bevel there. All yeah. I have to do is grind a tiny bit and <clears> I'm done. I don't even have to grind the most of the blade unless I wanted to. So that's the reason with forging. It's not just because it's cooler. It just makes the geometry pretty much ready and it requires minimal grinding.
1: Yes. Yeah, nice. So, Mel, um, how have you been with, like, have you just been with the COVID stuff and lack of knife shows? Has that given you a chance to sort of just sit back and go, you beauty? And and focus on the property, or has, has it sent you in a
2: bit of a spin, mate? Uh, yeah, no, life as per normal, probably a bit easier because I haven't been making knives flat out for knife shows. But I've still had a few orders. Mm-hmm. I've still got a few orders to fill. Just do gonna you reckon
1: it's going to be? Do you reckon it's going to be a tough transition getting back into it for knife shows?
2: Mm, no, no, not for me. I don't do every knife show. That'd be a fairly big arcs. Um, but, no, I'd just be waiting for them to be able to, to occur
0: again. But it'd be good. Yeah, it's good to get out and get into the city and watch the world go by. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And then get catch up the with city. other knife makers. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I am about to say, get into the city, catch up Have with other knife worries. makers. Drink excessively and go home and dry out. Sounds like a plan. Brad
0: Stone says, am I at a dry camp? Because I'm not drinking tonight, but I'll be drinking all afternoon." Brad, so that's <laughs> <laughs> all good. Uh, yeah, I just didn't want to carry everything up. Didn't want to carry up all the alcohol from the down at the camp. So yeah, I just I'm going to walk back in the in the dark too, and I've got to get back there. So you know, I'm going to have me head. In. Sort of in the right space. Yeah, Yeah, no (laughs) doubt. That will be right.
1: Hey, Mal, could you remotely start those uh, flashing blue and red lights when Corrin's about halfway across the paddock?
0: Bad (laughs) trick, bad trick. No, let's not do that trick. I wondered what. uh, I see it. It freaks me out every couple of minutes. It's like, they're kidding here, Mal. Quick, we've got to run. (laughs) Yeah. Mal, we've got a question from Darren Melford. Oh, and it says, uh, Mal, your first experience with Damascus and who was your major influences? We've spoken about the major influences there, but you might have might want to shout out some more. But did you ever work with Damascus? Did you ever make any Damascus? Have you ever made knowledge from Damascus? If so, yeah. I actually stopped at
2: um, Thomas Gerner's place on a trip back from Perth. As we were driving back, we went down to his place, and I spent a day with him making some Damascus and tapping out a couple of blades, which was good. Um, Cole Barn from Queensland brought his forge down many years ago, and we did a bit of forging. Yeah, I have had a bit of a, a slight go at it. Um, it wasn't enough to make me give up stock removal and go into tabascus making at this point but I, hopefully i still got a few years left in me um and have a crack at that and learn something new yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. well you're out, you're well, at a young boy and a new expense <laughs> <laughs> it is like the industry is full of people who have been making for two years or three years or five years there's not many blokes around that have been making as long as you have so yeah, I put it up on Facebook. We're interviewing an Aussie knife legend and and that's how I feel about it because like you've been around okay, there's plenty that have been around longer, but you're now one of the um, one of the I guess we'd call them veterans of the industry. <laughs> one of them grumpy old people that they thought the I never thought of myself a grumpy You're probably not the grumpiest one I ever met. <laughs> you're probably not the grumpiest walk. one I ever met, that's for sure. We'll walk past Mouse we'll table soon and he'll just look up later. and
1: say nah. we'll walk. We'll be at a show soon and we'll walk past Mal's table and he'll just look up and fuck off. <laughs> that's, <laughs> a, I mean, that's only, only what,
2: the face if I did that.
1: That's only what he would do to the makers, not to the customers, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, that's what he'll do just to me. Yeah. So what's your, oh, what's your biggest
0: tip? What's your biggest tip? What's your biggest tip for the new maker, starting out, keen to get into knife making now? What's your biggest tip? What do you reckon? Um,
2: If you're going to buy a piece of equipment, think about what you really will use the most, and that'll give you the best benefit, I would think. I would think probably a grinder, a good grinder. You can always get things heat treated you can always buy material in, um, but a good grinder it would be probably
0: essential. That's a um, that's a fair tip too, because a lot of people go into it. We see so many people buying forges, and it's like, it's it's really not the first thing I'd be buying. No. I don't want to get into knife making. You still got to grind it. You still got to get a grinder. So yeah. Um, Mal says, uh, oh, sorry, uh, Jamie says, Mal's always happy to see Sausage. That's Sausage Man. Yeah, 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 always. <laughs> and Matt Snape says, you're, you're the, not uh, alone. Yeah, an elder statesman of the industry. Jeez, I
2: wouldn't say that wouldn't either. Say that,
0: either. <laughs> 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 larrikin. Elder larraking. <laughs> ah, it's funny, yeah, it's good, good times. We went out to lunch today at the local, which... um. They opened up, I think, almost specially for us. It kind of felt that way. Yeah, there weren't many people there. No, but it was good and uh, we had a good feed. And uh yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a nice place, a nice part of the world. It is it's been good having you now, Perry. It's been nice, nice being here now, to be honest. <laughs> Real nice. <laughs> so we'll probably um we've been going for an hour and a half, Kevin, we'll probably push on. We've got to get up early and stuff to do. Yeah, mate, no, that's all right. Yep. Is there anything anything else we want to cover before we wrap up? No, look. I think,
1: from my point of view, I think we're pretty good, mate. Like I said, the we've we've played tag on this um, slight delay in the audio and stuff, probably enough. Um, thanks everyone that's persevered with us and listened to it. It's yeah, we're trying to bring you not just those makers that are in the local like main city centres and and all that sort of stuff. We're trying to bring you a little bit of an intro to people who have been around, like Mal, been around for a long time. And sometimes a bit of that sort of difficulty is these guys live out on rural, remote areas and, you know, things like internet access that we all take for granted to play our phone games. Uh, For Mal and them are like satellite broadband and all the rest of it, so... Uh, Now, mate, we thank you so much for um, giving us the time. We thank you for keeping Corrin away from all the rest of us for the last week, (laughs) letting him catch some shitty fish, you know, fucking cod, prick. Um, Yeah, and uh, I'm sure the listeners have gained a little bit of an insight into um, your knife-making style and all the rest of it. The fact that we tell tell them, listeners, that you're a good bloke you Know take that with a grain of salt. Um, and it's really nice that you and Corin decided to dress like twins tonight for those people watching. He did that the, the last minute, that was unprompted.
0: That was that was unprompted. Bullshit. He out and got changed, he was, wearing, <laughs> he was wearing his wife, he was wearing his, his singlet. <laughs> he stuck out and put a t shirt on so he looked better. And that was uh, that's that's got nothing to do with it, but it's still a good shirt. He's got uh. On the back, you probably will take get your headphones out just a minute. But it says, it says, stock removal knife maker, uh, master of the rotary forge. So there you go. That's nice. a, that's a good one, that one. Now, it, it's a funny thing there, because yeah.
1: when Matt Snape rocked up to my house today, we were both wearing a Gamaco shirt. And in particular, the one that said, keep calm and make a knife. So we were looking like the Bobsy Twins too. It's
0: a popular choice um it so the other thing is um oh there's heaps of comments coming in heaps of people saying thanks there somebody said a minute ago something that i was um uh i was gonna make it coming on which was um not
1: brad stone so oh yeah Timmy. On, you, he's not dying timmy,
0: <laughs> timmy. yeah no timmy, timmy no, like i haven't seen Timmy tonight it so it. i'm not sure he's <laughs> <it> around but <laughs> so no timmy time tonight we'll get over that um, yeah, thanks Kenny. for entertainment. So, anyway, thank you very much. Good to catch up with everyone. Uh, thanks for listening thanks guys. to Mal for making this possible and the cuckoo, cuckoo clock in the background. That's awesome. Yeah, 10
1: o'clock. Sign <laughs> there we go. Time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, thank Mer, thanks, Kyron. Thanks, regulars. You, thanks, uh, Mel. Good to See you all for here for see another Thursday part. night. See you thanks next Thanks for week. having me on. You're welcome, mate. Take care. Bye.